Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The late, great Brooklyn Dodgers Hall of Fame catcher Roy Campanella once said, you gotta be a man to play baseball for a living, but you gotta have a lot of little boy in you, too. And those sentiments were on full display at the recent Hall of Fame inductions up in Cooperstown. Then, unfortunately, we have the sad story of Dwight Gooden, who coulda, shoulda, and woulda been a Hall of Famer had it not been for his addiction to drugs. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. Folks, I don't know if you had the uh, pleasure of watching the Hall of Fame inductions uh, this past weekend up in Cooperstown, but to me, they were wonderful. And I watched it from very beginning to the very end. And there's no secret, listen, my main attraction you know, had to be the greatest of all time, Mariano Rivera. I mean, he's the man. You know, I covered him from the very beginning of his career to the very end, and it was very special. Uh, he 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 epitomizes, you know, there are certain people who epitomize the grace and class of the game, of not just the game of being just a gentleman people who get it on the field and off the field and i i must say this of all the athletes i was thinking about it last night of all the athletes that i have ever covered in my career of all of them in all the sports and i've been very very fortunate you know, I've met a lot of wonderful people, a lot of great athletes, a lot of great gentlemen. But I don't think anybody, because I was, I've been thinking about it. I don't think anybody epitomized the grace and class that Mariano did, Mariano Rivera both on and off the field. There, there was so much put into him, you know, from the time he came up. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching him speak, looking so dignified, you know, royalty, if you will. And I'm watching him speak so elegantly, 
of course, in his Hispanic Panamanian accent. But I remember like it was yesterday. Like it was yesterday after that 1996 victory over the Braves in that champagne-filled Yankee clubhouse of the old Yankee Stadium. And, you know, they had been passing around the various, you know, the the World Series trophy. And there was Mariano with it. And people were all around him. And here's this young man who could hardly speak English. You know, not much. And and during his speech, he spoke about how he'd cry at night, you know, in the minors because he couldn't speak English. And, and if he could, he couldn't speak it very well. Then again, some people might say, I don't speak it very well. But that aside, he always, it didn't matter to him. He wanted to be accommodating. He wanted to be respectful to you doing your job. And he, there he was with all the cameras around, what a big smile on his face, and he's trying his best to speak. And I thought, I remember at that very moment, at that very moment, I'm saying to myself, this kid is unbelievable. You know, it was just, I'm saying, here's a kid, and I'm thinking about myself, how would I feel if I was, let's say, I don't know, in the Dominican Republic, or or Puerto Rico, or Venezuela, or, or Panama, and everybody's sticking a microphone in front of my face, and everybody's asking me questions in their native tongue, how would I react? Would I be reacting with a big smile on my face and just a- answering all those questions? Now, some of you might be saying, well, what the hell does this have to do with being in the Hall of Fame? No, you you know what? You get in the Hall of Fame on your talent. That's how you get into the Hall of Fame. But you get appreciated on how you conduct yourself how you comport yourself. And let me tell you, nobody did it and probably to this day does it better than Mariano Rivera. And I'll include his great teammate, who's certainly going to be there next year getting inducted. I'm talking about the captain, Derek Jeter. I remember asking Derek on the field that during that 1996 World Series, before the celebration moved into the clubhouse. And and I, it struck me, because Derek, oh, you've heard me say this, Derek has always been one of the guys who got it. And I asked Derek what the World Series means to him. And I remember Derek saying at that time, yeah, it, it's. I'll tell you what it means to me. I know how fortunate I am, because I know how many guys have played this game and never got the ring. Another Hall of Fame teammate of of uh, Derek's, Mike Messina, never got the ring. Okay, but so I re- I remembered how smart Derek was to be able to say that to, to appreciate what he 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 got in '96, and of course he subsequently went on to win, uh, you know, four more. But you know, I said to myself, "There's a young man who gets it." 
But Mariano, I mean, again, I'm watching this guy speak so elegantly and with confidence and dignity, you know, standing upright and erect in front of all those fans. And I thought back to 1996, you know, that that young man with the not just broken English, really broken English, hardly passable. But he was standing there accommodating everybody. I have never forgotten that. And to see him yesterday as as the only unanimous choice into the Hall of Fame. The greatest closer of all time. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. I, I got goosebumps just sitting here talking to you people about it. Because that's how special that guy is. Yes, like I said, you get inducted into the Hall of Fame based on your credentials and your stats, what you've done and accomplished as a ball player on the field. But you get respected and appreciated that much more for how you conduct yourself both on and off the field. And that's Mariano. But yesterday was just, you know, it wasn't just about Mariano. You know, it was great seeing his teammates there. It was great seeing his countrymen from Panama there. It, it was a wonderful, hey, let me tell you something. It, it's just, there's something about Cooperstown, and I have been there, but there's something about the Baseball Hall of Fame and the induction ceremony. And I, I want to be very careful saying this because I don't want to take anything away from Canton, Ohio. Okay. I don't want to take anything away from the NFL. I don't want to take anything away from the NBAs in, in, uh, uh Springfield mass. I don't want to take anything away from, um, the NHLs up in Toronto, but, Cooperstown and just the ceremony and everything is special. And watching the fans there, and and I'll tell you what, it just makes it makes you be a little kid again. It 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 makes you be a little kid again. One of my best friends, my dearest friends in the whole entire world. He also happens to be. Uh, my agent, the only one I've ever had for about 35 years, Wayne Kaback. Um, well, he started out as my agent, but more importantly, became one of my best and dearest friends. But there was Wayne sending me a picture yesterday of him with his lovely wife, Marsha, his beautiful daughter, Victoria, and her fiance, Chris. There they were. Four of them in the Yankee T-shirts. And they booked. Wayne booked accommodations a year ago. Because they were, they are Yankee fans, diehard Yankee fans, and huge Mariano fans. And they were there. Because to them it was a magic moment. And that's what baseball does. Baseball, like I quoted Roy Campanella in the opening, 
you got to be a man to play baseball for a living, but you got to have a lot of little boy in you too. I think that also applies in a different way to fans. To really love baseball, to really love baseball, you got to have a lot of little boy and girl in you too. It just, it just, <laughs> you know, you just enjoy it. And, and when you see these ceremonies, it really warms your heart. You know, I was not the biggest Mike Messina fan. I just wasn't. And, and you know, if you ask me, what, look, now listen, he's a, as far as I'm concerned, bona fide deserves to be in a Hall of Fame. I wasn't his biggest fan because unlike some of the guys I mentioned, in particular the one I'm talking about, Mariano and, and Derek and his teammates, Andy Pettit and Jorge, uh, Messina wasn't the most accommodating guy. It almost seemed like it annoyed him. But I watched his speech yesterday, and I thought Mike Messina nailed it. And and Messina started it off yesterday. He was talking about when he was eight years old, getting on his bike. I'm getting emotional and I'm talking about Messina. Getting on his bike, riding to the field. And and Messina said, Yeah, there were no travel teams then. You know, there was no multiple teams. There was no you got, you went you got on your bike, you went, and you played, or and you practiced. And when he was saying that, that's what I was thinking about. You got on your bikes, you went to the field, and that's what you did. And it wasn't, you know, this travel team, and you you, you practiced. And you played and, and your daddy wasn't taking you or your mommy wasn't taking you to see a special hitting coach and you weren't doing this. You, you just played. And, and there's Messina. I give him full marks for bringing that up because he also started the show yesterday. You bring up the point of just playing the joy of simply just playing when it was really simple. And I and that's what Messina was alluding to. You did take all the fancy ass contracts and multi million dollar and guys signing for three hundred million and this and that. You take it all away, and you go back to when it was really, really simple. As a little boy, you got on your bike, and that was that. You went to the field. You got off your bike, you grabbed your glove, you ran out there, your coach was hitting fungos or ground balls to you, some guys were taking batting practice, and that was it. And that's where it starts. And that's what the joy for me was of watching these guys yesterday. They all related back to where it starts. And the people who got them started. And it, it really was very, very moving to me and emotional. 
You know, because it, 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 this can apply to anybody and everything. It doesn't have to be baseball. But, you know, sometimes you think back where it started for me, where it started for you, where, where it started for your kids. You think back about those things. You know, the people who pushed me in the right direction. I'm watching these ball players thank their father. I'm thinking about my father, and he's gone this year 50 years. You know, I think about my career. I think about this. I think about that. He pushed me. He got me started. That's what these ball players were doing yesterday. You know, but when when Musina painted that picture of getting on the bike as a as a little leaguer, an early little leaguer, that's the best because that's where it all got started. And and as much as I enjoyed Mariano yesterday, because. I just thought he was sensational. But as much as I enjoyed Mariano yesterday, watching Roy Halliday's wife, Brandy, get up and speak. I mean, if that didn't move you, then for one reason or another, you don't have a soul. Because I was sitting watching that with the lump in my throat and in my gut. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, a guy, a young man dies in a plane crash that he was flying in 2017. Great pitcher. Roy Halladay was just a great pitcher for the Jays and Phillies. Not, not good. You know, great. Hall of Fame pitcher. And to see his wife... Stand up there, you know, fighting back tears, giving a speech. This is not what she does for a living. Yeah, the ball players don't do it for a living either, but the ball players they face the media all the time. Here she was giving a speech. It was just I I, I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, for lack of a better term. No pun intended, but you got to have big balls to stand up with all those men on the stage behind you, all those Hall of Famers. And there she is. You got to have big balls to be able to do that. I thought, I thought Brandy Halliday's speech was just wonderful. And, and and she said something that, to me, as soon as she said it, I scribbled it down. When she said, anybody who thinks baseball truly isn't a family has never been involved in baseball. And I get what she was talking about, but she because she was talking about the great support she got. And listen... You know, these guys are on the road. 
Th- their season is 162 games long. Without postseason. You know, so a lot of them, a lot of the wives, they're taking care of business at home. And they're friends with other wives. And they're, again, they're taking care of the business because the guy's got to play. You know, Mariano, you heard Mariano uh, apologizing to his kids for missing this birthday and, and that birthday. You know, when there was one of one of his sons in particular, his birthday, Mariano said October 4th. Well, Mariano was always busy around that time of the year. He was always busy in the postseason. So he was missing a lot of birthdays. And um, just the way Halliday's wife spoke. And, and and the way she said, you know, you know, because you don't just show up for the day. You're there for a few days. It's, it's a wonderful get together f- for the Hall of Famers. And and how she said so many of the Hall of Famers had come up to her, you know, the past few days and had given her a hug and, you know, was supportive. And man, you know, when you see that group, listen, you see those players come out. One after another. And, and you realize they're no longer young men anymore. Some of them are old men. You know, I'm looking at guys. I'm, I'm looking at Hank Aaron, you know, ha- holding on to somebody walking. I mean, I got choked up. And I, was, I wasn't a Braves fan. And then my all-time hero walks out like, looking like a movie star at 83, 84 years old, Sandy Koufax. See Gaylord Perry walking. All these guys coming out. And you realize, you know, Father Time is catching up with, well, with all of us. But, you know, it's, it's like I laugh about certain times when people see people, they say, or like a TV person. Let's say they haven't seen the TV person, you know, from a sitcom from the, the 70s or 80s. And they'll say, boy, did you see so-and-so? He didn't look that good. He got old. Yeah, he got old. It's 30, 40 years ago. That's what happens to all of us. But when you see your ball player heroes walk out old, it also makes you think. It makes you think to what Musina was thinking about. Being eight years old, riding to the Little League field. And then, you know, coming home and watching your heroes on TV. Um, it's just wonderful. It just, it just makes you, you know, it takes you back, I don't know, to, to a period of innocence when life was simpler. But, Roy Campanella, you know, said it best when he said, you got to be a man to play baseball for a living, but you got to have a lot of little boy in you, too. It, it, it is so true. Wait, you know what? Maybe it's not true. But if you want to enjoy your time, if you really want to enjoy your time as a baseball player, I would suggest you need a little boy in you, too. A whole lot of little boy in you, too. Because that allows you to enjoy it. 
Of course it's a business. It's a multi-billion dollar business. But to really enjoy it, the joy of playing, listen, I used to talk about it all the time with Yogi Berra. And, and, you know, you folks who've listened to me regularly know Yogi was a dear friend. Last year and a half of his life in particular, I spent every weekend, at least once a week, visiting Yogi, sitting with Yogi at his assisted living home. And we used to talk about the Hall of Fame all the time. And, and he would talk about it. You could see the little boy in him. And if you don't think I didn't miss Yogi, you know, not walking up there yesterday, boy, you got another thing coming. I mean, I think about him all the time, but he loved it. And and when he, you know, in the last couple of years when he couldn't make the trip, when it was too much for him, it really hurt. Because that's a, that's a fraternity. And I, again, it's a fraternity that when you see the guys get together, I used to watch Yogi all the time when he'd get together with, you know, Hank Bauer and, and former teammates, Hank Bauer and um, Moose Scourin, who both of those guys were like a comedy team together. They were just little boys. They laugh and giggle. I remember sitting with Yogi. I used to go to visit Yogi a lot of times with Dave Kaplan, who was uh, the director at the you know Yogi's Museum. And it was one Saturday we were visiting with Yogi, and he happened to get the late Joe Garagiola on the phone. Now, if I think most of you, or at least you're listening to me, and you're baseball fans, you know that Joe Garagiola was, and, and Yogi grew up on the hill in St. Louis as kids. I mean, they were friends since they were like five years old. Um, that's not guessing. I mean, it's like five or six years old on the hill, an Italian section in St. Louis. And Yogi, so, so Dave happened to get Joe on the phone. So, you, you know, folks, you're talking about a friendship at this juncture that was exceeding 80 years. Because Yogi was already like 89, I think, at the time, or 90, you know, I forget. And there was Joe on the other end of the phone. And um, we're overhearing a conversation, and these two men were like little boys. It was like they picked it up when they were six years old. That's what baseball allows you to do. That's what baseball allows you to do. And I, I'm sure, and again, I'm not taking anything away from hockey, basketball, or football, because I'm sure, you know, for a lot of those people, it does the same thing. It does the very, very same thing. You know, from, from you know, Pop Warner football to all the, the, the rec league basketball games to, uh, you know, 
Wayne Gretzky's dad filling up the backyard, making a pond so he can skate around. So I get it. But in my world, it was the way Mike Messina described, only he lived in a rural suburban area in Pennsylvania. I lived in Brooklyn in the projects. But it was the same kind of deal, getting on the bike, going to practice, or walking a mile to practice. That's what it was. That that That's what watching the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies did for me this week. I thought about getting on the bike. I thought about the long walks to the Sandlot Fields in Marine Park when I got out of the Little League. Then I thought about getting on the bus and getting on the train and going to... Uh, Church Avenue and Caton Avenue in the parade grounds to play American Legion ball. That's what that's what watching those ceremonies did to me because watching those players think back, I think back. So it was just great. It was it was just great watching baseball. Um, you know, I, I was going to talk today about some politics and some other stuff, but there I am watching the game, watching the 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 ceremonies from front to end. And I'm saying, what the hell? What am I crazy? I got to talk about this today. Then, unfortunately, besides this, I have to talk about something else. And because it was ironic to me, I thought there's quite a bit of irony. There I am watching Mariano Rivera, the great Mariano Rivera, Going into the Hall of Fame. The great, great Mariano Rivera going into the Hall of Fame. And then one of his former teammates is probably probably going to be going to prison. And I'm talking about Doc Gooden. He's got a court date. I don't know if it's the first or second week in August. Another, another situation where he's was busted, cocaine possession, and you know you heard me say in the open, coulda woulda, or coulda shoulda and woulda, whatever it is, been a Hall of Famer, had it not been for Doc's drug addiction. That's the, that's what derailed him from being a Hall of Famer. I mean, when you want to talk about phenoms coming up as a young guy, that was Doc Gooden. And and uh, really, just a very very very. Super talented guy and a very nice guy. A very, very, very nice guy. Maybe that was... He, Doc was so likable, I think that might have been his problem. Because because he was so likable, he never... Maybe he was never allowed to hit rock bottom. You know, I have a, a good friend of mine who I've had here, one of my earlier podcasts, Frank Shiro. I've covered him. 
Uh, in fact, I did a piece on him for Fox 5, which got nominated for an Emmy. Frank is a Masters champion runner. He's like 65, 66 years old now. A Masters champion runner. At one time, he had like eight different records, world records for like Masters running in the relays and 440s. You know, not good, a great runner. I mean, to me, he's a walking contradiction because he has battled and continues to battle for not 15, 50 years. You know, as soon as this thing broke with Doc, you know, Frank's my go-to guy because he's been there and done that and, and is still battling. And I asked him, you know, what do you think about all this? And, you know, he said he said to me, it's sad, Russ, because obviously um, there's a lot of unhappiness in his life. I says, well, how do you know? He says, because he's using as much as he's using and continues to go back. Can't be making him happy. And, uh, you know, we look at it and we scratch our heads and say, we shake, you know, I've done it, shake my head and say, geez, why? You know, but I'm thinking of him as, you know, when I say coulda, shoulda, and woulda been a Hall of Famer, we all tend to do that. We think about the person as be it the ball player, be it the entertainer, not just the person. So no matter how much talent you have, doesn't necessarily hide the problems you have. And, and the reason I said Doc was not allowed to hit bottom is because everybody likes Doc. I don't know. I never heard anybody say a bad word of Doc except maybe now or, you know, when he'd fall off the wagon, if you will. Everybody likes Doc. Extremely likable guy. I started covering him in 1988. Certainly a fan before that when he first came up, but I started covering him, uh, you know, in 1988. Just Nice guy, always been a nice guy. Had conversations with him, phone conversations, texts. But he's got his demons. And he can't shake his demons. And I think, though, that because he was so likable, like, for example, every time he would get in trouble, somebody was there to help pick him up. Now, don't misread what I'm saying. We all want to lend a helping hand. But when I say somebody was there to pick him up, that meant he never had to hit rock bottom. You know, for example, okay, got in trouble. Hey, Doc, come on. I got a deal for you. Come on, Doc. Uh, you can do a signing. You can pick up money here. You can pick up, do this. You can pick up, do that. Make an appearance here. Butter beep, butter bop, butter boop. You can do this and you know, he he was always, somebody was always there to pick him up, to make it a little easier for him, to make it maybe a softer landing. I don't know. And I asked my friend Frank, you know, do you have to hit rock bottom? And, you know, like Frank said to me, you know, yeah, to get yourself better, but 
maybe everybody has a different rock bottom. I don't know. But I was thinking about Doc watching Mariano yesterday. Watching this handsome picture of elegance. Being bestowed upon him the highest honor you can get in baseball. Induction into the Hall of Fame. And then I was thinking about that awful picture that was in the papers last week of Doc with a pot belly and a gaunt face. Tale of two stories. Not a tale of two cities, tale of two stories, tale of two men. One at the top of the mountain, the other one, Doc, continuing to fall off a cliff. One pure joy, the other pure sadness. That's life in general, folks. Some of us are fortunate. Some of us are not as fortunate. Some of us can deal with our problems and our demons. And some of us can't. And life goes on. But uh, again, I started with today. I'll end with today. You got to be a man to play baseball for a living. But you got to have a lot of little boy in you too. And that's what, to me anyway, especially after watching the Hall of Fame, that's what baseball is all about. And that, my friends, is now a wrap on today. Once again, I'd like to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can contact me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, uh, always on Facebook. You can check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks, as always, to the big man across the way, Mike Caragliano, who takes such good care of me, to my OG podcast producer, who does a bang-up job, Tim Einickel, to 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, to his terrific assistant program director, Matt Dahl, and last but certainly not least, to you, the fans out there, because without you, the fans, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.